Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox-Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well wherever you are in the world and whenever you hear this recording. I hope that you are doing everything in your power to get as healthy as possible on every level. Today is Mental Health Day, World Mental Health Day. And in honor of that, I'm going to talk a little later about what does it take to be mentally healthy. So we're going to go over some tips and tricks and ideas on how you are going to improve your mental health, basically, you know, feel happier and better, a little calmer, maybe less anxiety and such. But, um... We are still here in in Ecuador with the riots. It's still going on. There were more protests downtown Cuenca today. I don't think they were as violent or bad. More people were out. Yesterday, October 9th, is a holiday in Ecuador. And let me look that up real quick. October 9th (laughs) means... I'm writing means what <laughs> in Ecuador, basically. So, yeah, so there was a lot more people out for the holidays. And I mean, people were throwing rocks at the police, but they were standing so far behind the other people in the front. They were also throwing rocks that they ended up, the people in the back ended up hitting the people in the front. So there's a lot of chaos and a lot of injuries. Hundreds of people, I think, were injured minorly. Nothing too too major, um, except for one where a police officer beat one of the protesters to death. Um, I think I reported that yesterday. Um, a lot of people were getting the rocks and get this from World Heritage Site buildings, historical buildings. They were chipping away at fountains and buildings in some parts of the city and using pieces of historical landmarks and throwing that at the police. I mean, is that not totally, totally crazy? I mean, totally nuts. So, okay. Uh, Yesterday was October 9th. It is the day of independence of the city of Guayaquil and that's spelled G-U-A-Y-A-Q-U-I-L. So if you're American, you can pronounce it in an English way. It'd be Guayaquil or Guayaquil, maybe. But it's in Spanish, it's Guayaquil. Um, basically, 
it's just the independence from Spain, I, I think, basically. It's just, you know. But in 1820, um, I don't know. I don't see anything else more about it. It's, it's located on the west bank of the Guayas River, which flows into the Pacific Ocean at the Gulf of Guayaquil. And this is like one of the main um, places where things come from, you know, like if you ship your stuff from California to Guayaquil, it kind of goes up the river and then you meet your stuff at the docks in the city of Guayaquil, not directly on the Pacific Ocean do you meet your things. So it's one of the major uh, points uh, where, you know, it's like a shipping center, basically. Now, the president, uh, Lenin Moreno of Ecuador, had moved the government to Guayaquil, and there were a lot of protests in Guayaquil, and the police yesterday were shooting at the the people. Um, It just got really, really bloody and violent, and they were shooting at the... um, had the indigenous people and it was very very sad but I guess and I don't know if it was there or in Quito I think it was in Quito possibly the same thing was happening and one of the indigenous leaders uh, died and so in retaliation today three police officers were taken from the city of Quito and tied up in ropes and brought to native lands and they were set on fire while they were still alive while the people chant and like screamed at them and and kicked them while they perished while being lit on fire um it's just gotten worse worse and worse and worse and worse and i have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of this has to do with the international monetary fund the imf that um where uh the government of ecuador borrow money from them They have destabilized the economies of pretty much every country that has relied on their funds, including Greece and several others, um, nations in Africa, for example. I'm very, very worried about the state of the economy in the very near future. Uh, There's been reports about multinational, not just Venezuelans, but multinational people um, from all over. You know, and you think about who, who, who hates Americans would be screaming that the United States is not our neighbor. Who would, who would have started something like that? And who would have maybe spread the rumor that the U.S. is causing this, which the U.S. is not. The International Monetary Fund has nothing to do with the U.S. It's, there's ties and connections to everything, but this wasn't the government of the United States doing anything. But who, who, who hates? So I think about, huh, well, Venezuela and, you know, okay, Cuba, right? There's a bunch of uh, places where, I mean, we, we did sanctions against Cuba for 50 years. Of course, they're going to, you know, take that personally. I mean, in the 50s, people traveled to Cuba all the time and they had a really wonderful tourist economy. And then the Bay of Pigs happened and bada boom, bada bing, we're against Cuba. Uh, maybe China, are they really our friends? I don't know. You know, they're communists. So there's some basic ideologies you know, problems, but so I think about, you know, who, who in the world actually doesn't really like Americans or the American government and, you know, most people don't, but who would take it so personally that they would wreak havoc and chaos down here. So I've been really thinking about today. I've had more of a clear head. We did not have 
the people out in front. There was no roadblocks, thank God. The roadblocks on the outskirts of every city in Ecuador still continue. The military has been trying to get the um, trucks through the blockades. And in some instances, they have been able to negotiate a deal, i.e. money exchanging hands to the indigenous to allow the trucks to pass. I think this is 100% wrong. I think that they should, at this point, just say you're causing people a great deal of pain and suffering. And, you know, why? We don't go to your lands and do this. Don't come to our lands and do this to us. Like, you know, we should just leave each other alone, basically. But no, um, they are just still wreaking havoc on the outside of every city. And there still is no power downtown in Cuenca. There were protests today. There was a lot of graffiti. There's a lot of damage and vandalism. A lot of thugs out, a lot of delinquents, people taking out their pent-up anger <laughs> out on the police and out on everything. And But today, uh, in some parts of the city, there was a widespread cleanup where everyone was cleaning the streets and kind of getting things back to normal. The uh, military was offered a deal by the Coral um, Supermarkets the Corral, C-O-R-A-L. You can say Coral in English, but Corral in, in Espanol. And they struck a deal. And this morning, they flew in through the airport, since they can't get past the stupid blockade people. Um, they actually brought in supplies and delivered food to every Corral supermarket in the city. And so I went there and it was a hustle bustle uh, thing. I mean, like everybody, it looked like a really busy Saturday afternoon. Usually that place is packed on Saturdays, just like every grocery store in the world, basically. And um, today, I mean, what is today? What is the day? Is this really, this is like Thursday, right? So everyone wanted to make sure that they were able to get food and supplies and there was still a lot of vegetable shelves and fruit shelves empty. Um, the meat shelf was empty for the most part, probably because the people had read the paper earlier than me. <laughs> I went right when the sun was about to set and I came home about 30 minutes after dark. But I, I didn't get meat. I actually got shrimp and fish and like tuna steaks. But... This morning we woke up and there was no gas and we had no hot water. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) this is a nightmare. How are we going to cook our food? Like I have no food for 12 days, but holy crap, I didn't think about the gas situation. So I went and I looked for what's called an electric kitchen. Um, In the U.S. we know that as a hot plate where you just plug it in the wall and you could cook. It's like a burner or you could get, you know, two to four burners, however many you want. But just to get one, it's like $15 for one burner. Well, I went there and of course they were sold out because everybody needs the same thing. They got a shipment of, this is weird, a bunch of propane tanks, even though um, there's no propane in the city right now. So I was scared. I was like, oh man, we're going to have to go across the street and down a block or two where there's a pathway near the river and the pathway is really wide and it's not under trees. And we were thinking about building a fire and camping out and cooking as if we camp there. 
you know, during the day so that we would have food for the night. I was unable to make my quiches last night. And I'm like, well, that's a blessing because maybe halfway through them baking, we might have run out of gas because I don't know what at what point it, the gas stopped. So I'm like, all right, fine. Um, what are we going to do now? And so we looked and looked and looked and I'm like, maybe there's a crock pot. Oh, they're sold out too. <laughs> and I found a thing called a digital steamer by the company Black & Decker, right? I'm like, what the hell is a digital steamer? But you can make apparently rice in the bottom and then fish or meat on top of that. And then on top of that, vegetables. And it just steams the food. But also it has the way that you could steam eggs to make them hard boiled. I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting. All right, I'm going to do that. All right. So for 60 freaking dollars, I did that. And... I also bought baby wipes and that's my new shower and I bought stuff to spray in my hair, (laughs) dry shampoo. I've never in my life tried dry shampoo. It is the weirdest stuff. I came home and took my quote unquote shower and shampooed my hair with dry shampoo, quote unquote shampoo, my hair, crazy, crazy stuff. It's like my hair looks cleaner. It's a little fluffier, but it's not, it doesn't, I I still need to wash my hair. But it's a lot cleaner than it was. So, hey, there's that. And um, it smells nice now. Weird. I found, again, another import from the U.S., Hask brand Chia. Um, And I got my son the coconut one. I figure, you know, if he doesn't like it, we could trade or, you know, we could try it and see what we like, what we don't like. I'm like, this is kind of neat, though, for camping. This stuff is kind of neat. We also bought thermoses because I figured... If we have to go cook out the river, we might as well bring our thermoses full of hot chocolate or whatever, you know, or maybe that's how we carry our water. I don't know. So we're, so we're like, maybe we'll make tea and go hang out by the river together and drink our tea and, and just have a lovely day. So, so, you know, I planned for all this contingency of now we might not have gas and, you know, the, and the convoys are trying to come with the propane tanks so that people won't suffer and people will have um a way to cook their food and heat their water to take a shower and i mean the indigenous people they just don't give a shit you know they just really don't give a crap and they're very 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 angry and it's like there's um well i'll tell you in a minute what it's called i forgot but um okay so this is another weird thing is that when a company or a country does not pay the international monetary fund back, my, my son was looking into this today and there was like a documentary he found online that he watched. And he said, you know, I've been looking into this because I feel like this is not good. Like, no, I think they made a deal with the devil. I mean, not to, uh, actually insult Lucifer himself, because honestly, I don't think the devil could have come up with a worse Scenario. I don't think the devil is as evil as IMF, just to be honest. So when a country is not able to pay, what happens is they can just take whatever the hell they want. I think they could come in and take land. I also think they could come in and take people's property like every like personal property as well as bank accounts could be seized to pay off the debt 
which is why, of course, the president immediately stopped the subsidies. That gives the government $2.7 billion in their pocket per year. So starting from this past week. So a year from now, they will have $2.7 billion. And some of that money is going to use to fund some pro- you know, public programs and give some money back to the people. But it's going to help the government. And also to pay back the IMF. Well, what what happens is the IMF will give the loan and then they will unstabilize the region doing various things secretively. And this has been documented in this documentary. And I have a feeling that whoever's down there is instigating the indigenous people near where they pump 550,000 oil, gallons of oil every day. And I have a feeling they're going to try to take over the oil. I've been putting all this stuff together in my mind. I've been like really thinking about this today. And if they do that, that, that's going to be a huge part of our economy and how we're going to, you know, keep it in house and people pay. And then, you know, that goes into the fund of how are we going to pay them back? Well, if they take it over, how are we going to pay them back? You see. So... The indigenous people not only are catching police on fire, people in town, and I don't know if they're indigenous or not, might just be rioters and protesters. They may be Venezuelans who are angry or might be the assassins. I don't even know. I don't even know who these people are. However, somebody sent me a video today because I told you we have this WhatsApp network. (laughs) A lot of different people sending videos all around. I'm sending my videos and they're going around making the rounds around Ecuador and they're sending their videos. And I mean, I, I have a video of the police being set on fire. I'm not going to ever share that with anybody. It's too gruesome. But I did see it today. It's uh, really heart-wrenching to see it. Like, I can't... I mean, I hope to God that this video gets to the right law enforcement and those people are rounded up. And when you murder someone in Ecuador, there is no negotiation. It is a lifetime in jail, period. So I think that... It would be good if these people get rounded up. If we have to build an extra jail, I'll go help build it because this is ridiculous. You know, police officers, they, they work hard and they work for the people usually. Sometimes they're corrupt. Not all of them are corrupt, just like everywhere in the world. But um, they're just doing what their job is, is to protect, you know, the public heritage sites and the land and the people of the government and they're trying, you know, and and it's like a nice demonstration. that's peaceful, like a March or a protest. There's nothing wrong with yelling and screaming and being angry. There's nothing wrong with all that marching in the streets, blocking the road for a few hours, not for eight days, uh, but you know, for a few hours during the day, there's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, like the guys yesterday shooting off guns, that's not okay. None of that is okay. Um, screaming racial slurs and trying to rabble rouse and make people angry about things that they shouldn't be angry about, like oh, expatriates being here. I mean, we're like a huge part of the economy because we fund like almost all of the restaurant businesses here. I mean, there's 25,000 people here in the city that are from the U.S. and we're always eating out. Probably because we're lazy <laughs> or because we like to, we have more money here and we like to eat out, you know. We're actually paying a lot of money. You know, I'm putting almost every cent of my paycheck just into living here. I don't make a lot of money, but I mean, if I leave, if 25,000 people leave, they're going to feel it. 
it's going to be hurtful, you know, that will be hurtful to the economy here. Although I'm not leaving and my kid and I are talking about it. We're like, well, we're not going to leave until it's time to leave. You know, it's very possible that a civil war can break out. I'm just going to, I hope to God not. I hope to God, you know, hashtag pray for Ecuador that this does not happen. But we, um, what else? So today people were throwing Molotov cocktails at police really, really hard. And the police were catching on fire. They kept catching the people on in Quito proper. And what happened was, uh, I got sent in a video about that as well, where, um, two policemen were caught on fire and one, I think he just like rolled around on the ground or fast. It's just a part of his boot was on fire. He rolled around on the ground and they have this, um, like a fire hose, but with the stuff that's inside of the fire extinguishers. So it wasn't a water based hose, which probably won't work in the case of a Molotov cocktail. So they had that and they, so they uh, sprayed him real fast and he was fine. And then another guy got caught and it just uh, lit his whole suit up And he was like, oh my God. And he dropped to the ground immediately and they had to spray him off. And a bunch of guys had to go and and pull him back. And he was sitting up, he's still alive, but he was really shaken. I hope he's okay. I hope that his suit did not uh, adhere to his skin because that's going to be super nasty later. I'm worried about the police, you know, because they're doing what they can to keep the people like under control and they can't, everything's completely out of control. It's really, really scary. Quito has been a really scary place. It was a scary place when I went a couple months ago and nothing was happening, but it's still scary. Um, I went and ate, ate in a restaurant and there was bugs in the food and they didn't give a crap. They just gave me, you know, they, they just said, okay, you don't have to pay. I'm like, I'm not going to freaking pay for anything. There was no bugs in the tea. Here's $3 for the tea. Bye. And then they went ahead and just started serving everyone else. They did not care. They said, it's not roaches. Like that, like really, it's going to make it better? Dude, is this part of your recipe? Because, ew, get the bugs out of the freaking food, you know? And it's like stuff like that happened in Keita. I was just like, oh, God. It was just, there's so many low vibrational people that just don't give a crap, you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, you guys noticed that when I was unable to make one of my shows and they just didn't care. They could have just reset the, um, the Wi-Fi in two seconds, but they didn't care. And the other time, the next day after that, I waited until like 11 o'clock at night. I couldn't do my show. I started like from five trying to do the show and it wasn't working. It finally started working. So I was able to do the show. And the whole time they were knocking and pounding on the door and screaming at me. And I told them at four in the afternoon, the internet does have to work. Can you reset it? And they said it works. I'm like, no, it doesn't. And then I guess they did reset it, but, or they didn't reset it, but till until like 11 at night and then yelled at me the whole time like wow that's good good way you treat your guests there you know it was like i mean and it was like the city was full of people that um every every couple blocks or so i ran into situations that were so sketchy like that and then in the in the, in the middle there was like wonderful amazing people they're like yeah it's a dangerous city be careful but uh, you know it's my home and i love it you know so it's just like anywhere else in the whole wide world you know but it was, it was a lot of weirdness and sketchness feeling energy there. Like, like you could get jumped at any time and they don't care. The guy, the president himself of this country was shot and be, and became a paraplegic in, um, Quito shot, uh, for his wallet. So the president of this country is in a wheelchair. 
you know, so that's how dangerous that place is. But um, it's way more dangerous now. And 200,000 indigenous people are have started to arrive. 200,000 people on purpose to create more protests. The president had moved the government back to Quito. And now this is happening. I'm sure he'll be back in Guayaquil by, you know, in 48 hours. He's going to have to go. <laughs> He might have to say he's in white kill and go to some other city because this is really, really ridiculous. And people are filming him like if he's in a car and putting that on the Internet. This is the street where we saw him. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel really bad for the president at this point. I, I'm just like, dude, like, I hope you're going to be OK, because this is this is crazy, crazy stuff. So a, a, almost a quarter of a million uh, indigenous people. You know, including people that are already there from all of the nations, all the tribes are going to protest this. And it's like, what the hell? But apparently it's for um, because of one indigenous leader who was violently protesting and encouraging people to be violent. In addition to all the natives um, blocking all the roads to hurt all the people that they're calling the ricas, the, the rich people. But that's not necessarily true because a lot of people in the city are struggling you know, there's a lot of people that are just barely making ends meet and they are scared as hell. They don't have extra food. They, you know, you know, I have a friend in Quito that's just, um, he admitted to me that, um, he and his mom couldn't even afford a bag of rice and, and he wasn't going to get paid for like three or four more days. And they were scared to death because they didn't know what was going to happen. They had to keep all the lights off because they couldn't afford even the electricity with the subsidy. And I'm like, how are, how, how are you not making your, 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 you know, it just, how are you not making your bills? You work, your mother works. And I guess his mother had been sick. And so she didn't have her income and that was it. That was the end, you know, and there's a lot of people in that kind of a situation. So they don't know, but they just assume that everyone in, the, in town is rich, you know, because they live in a different kind of setting, I suppose. It's like, how are we rich? We're not able to grow our own food. We're not able to have chickens in our yard. You know, like people in the city aren't as rich as people in the country. You could grow your own food and be 100% self-sufficient. And once a year, you pay your $150 on your land tax. But probably native land, they probably don't pay anything. So truly, really, truly, they are the rich ones. You know, the one, the people that decide to work and now their bus fares just went up. But that's no reason to go kill everybody in the city or whatever. I don't know what the hell they're planning. Hopefully it's just going to be a peaceful demonstration. But the president did say today he's absolutely planning to meet with the leaders of the indigenous tribes and he is absolutely going to meet with the taxi union and the bus transportation unions and he's going to set up some guidelines that will make things a little bit easier. So he's like, okay, look, I'm willing to negotiate. I've always been willing to negotiate. He didn't want to negotiate with the terrorists, you know, the people who were creating all that thing. But then he started sorting it out like, oh, God, these are they're being rabble roused by the multinational people that have nothing to do with Ecuador. And now I'm having me personally, I'm thinking it has something to do with the IMF. Scary ass shit, ma'am. So I'm going to tell you guys something about uh this was a very interesting uh, thing. Now, Gary Scott, I've been getting his newsletter. If you want to move to Ecuador, which obviously this week no one does, but you know, if, if you want to move to Ecuador, he's got this newsletter and I've been getting this newsletter for about 10 years. I've been wanting to come here for almost 12 years. 
and I found him about 10 years ago, maybe nine years ago. So he had his lawyer, Andres Cordova, who obviously is Ecuadorian and he's very intelligent and he speaks English and Spanish. So he wrote this letter to all of the expatriates that may or may not understand what the hell is happening in Ecuador. So I I thought this was very um, enlightening. So I'm going to read this to you. It's not very long. Ecuador's state of emergency. Earlier this month, Lenin Moreno, the president of Ecuador, announced several economic measures, including the elimination of the requisite for the prepayment of income taxes, which is something that is widely welcomed. Okay, I have to stop for a minute and tell you what this is. So every time you go into a store or a restaurant or any place of business, they ask you, would you like to pay your IVF? And for the longest time, I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? And then they're like, it's impuestos. I'm like, well, no, of course I don't want to pay impuestos, right? And they're like, okay, because it's your decision. You know, and, and what happens is when you pay, but you have to pay every, and most people want to do this. And what you do is when you go to pay, say, $100 at the grocery store, maybe 10% or 2%, you pay extra, right? And so that every time you're making um, a payment for normal stuff, like eating out, you, know, you buy a pizza, you add another $2, you buy you know, groceries, you add another $20, whatever. And the government keeps track of this number. And, they, and, and at the end of the year, right before tax season, all of the businesses send this information into the government and everything's tallied up. And at the end of the year, the government's going to say, well, you still owe us $13 or you paid more than you owed. So we're going to send you a check for $300 or whatever it is. So when you pay the IVF every time, it's always a percentage of what you pay. Then at the end of the year, when you owe money, you might not owe any, they might owe you. And then they send you a check. And that's been going on for a long time. I've been here for two years. This is the first week in which they did not ask me if I want to pay my impuestos, my IVF, and which is, and it's always been confusing to me. Like why would, you know, like people just need to learn how to save their money if it's going to be that high. And it's not that high, but it just kind of make, made life a little bit easier, but also it's kind of hectic. You have to give your Ecuadorian ID and then they put it in the system and the government is keeping track of every freaking thing you buy. So it's a little bit invasive. So they got rid of it. You got rid of it like in the past couple weeks, which is pretty awesome, actually. But now people have to learn how to save. Hopefully they will. But um, so that was so he says that's widely welcomed. I think that's good. I don't think that they should keep tabs on every single thing that people buy, <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, this also the another uh, thing he did was he eliminated taxes on machinery, computers and tablets. So I bought my son um, a couple years ago. Well, about a year ago, I bought him a, a computer. It cost me $500 for a normal computer. That would have been like $350 in the United States. Yeah, import taxes and um, other taxes. That's how much money was the taxes on, on the machinery. It's like almost impossible. Like a normal laptop that would cost $250 in the States costs about $350 here. It's like ridiculous, right? And sometimes up to 400, you know, just for a basic laptop. So he got rid of all the taxes on that. He also um, 
implemented what he's calling a special contribution from companies that make over $10 million per year and many more other things. He also got rid of import and export taxes. He's eliminating a lot of taxes that he was feeling was impeding people's businesses, right? You know, it's like, uh, you know, it makes you think twice. Really, do you want to drop $400 on a laptop? Like, I don't know, maybe I'll just keep the old one. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's going to be something that will stimulate the economy and eventually it's going to make things better. And so the special contribution is in addition to taxes on companies that make over $10 million a year. And I think that's fair. All right. So among the measures, the president announced the elimination of all subsidies to gasoline and diesel. And also, uh, and he doesn't say this, but also um, electricity and I think gas for your house but maybe not for water. Uh, maybe he's still subsidizing water. I'm not really sure. Maybe that one too. I don't know. So basically house things, normal bills that you pay. But so, okay. So he says, um, and Andres Cordova says, Cordova says it was a very bold move, especially for a president with rather weak approval ratings as the elimination of these subsidies has been a thorny issue for decades and no government dared to do it. Upon the official announcement, after days of anticipation, many economists, directors of production chambers, and important segments of the population praised these economic measures, especially the elimination of the subsidies. They deemed them to be a step in the right direction. The rationale being in what regards gasoline and diesel prices, that too many governments had simply kicked the can forward, retaining subsidies worth billions of dollars that mostly benefited the mid middle class and the higher class that does not really need, they don't really need them and creates a creating distortions and problems, including substantial contraband to neighboring countries. So basically the subsidies I mean, the poorest of the poor people already get money from the government, right? So they could have already afforded it either way. And it did help them too. But the people that were benefiting the greatest were the rich people and the middle, you know, middle class and the very wealthy. And so eliminating the taxes, then, you know, we get to pay our fair share, which is normal and natural and should have already been happening for 40 years. But, um, <laughs> So basically, um, let's see here. Oh, oh, and, and yeah, the substantial contraband in neighboring countries. Okay, so this is going to eliminate a lot of the uh, import-export stuff that's illegal, like human trafficking, drug trafficking. You know, so getting rid of the subsidies, excellent choice. Get rid of that because it's going to eliminate a lot of human, human trafficking-related things sex, slavery, uh, kidnapping of children, all of that, you know, it's, it's going to not maybe eliminate it, but it's going to really make it a lot harder for those things to happen. And the, the U S government has been putting pressure on the Ecuadorian government to stop, um, not only human trafficking, but terrorists have been coming to Ecuador first and then like walking up central and South America or I mean Central America into the U.S. Like they've been trying to cross the border. Um, There's been several instances where they discovered people that were in ISIS. They come through Ecuador first and then they go. So 
we've had a lot of pressure. This country's had a lot of pressure to eliminate this. So this is one step in the right direction. You know, it's a small thing and I don't think it's going to be eliminating it, but it's, it's on the way, you know, it's, this guy is a very bold guy. I like this president actually. So, um, Okay, so he says that while an increase in the cost of fuel will bring a raise in transportation and produce prices, the overall incidence is on such is technically not too high. I know it's like 40 cents or something, 50 cents. It's not much. And such saved funds are better spent on other programs. See, we can, you know, it'll be better for the for society in general and also to pay back the devil. <laughs> So in the past few days, protests have swelled substantially beyond expectations with taxi and bus drivers pulling their units from circulation or blocking the streets and social organizations, especially the C-O-N-A-I-E, the Confederation of Indigenous Nationalities, parading in the streets. It is evident that many political players, especially of the previous regime, have infiltrated the protests and fanned the flames, seeking to create chaos and instability. And who knows if a power grab. There has been looting and property damage, and this has saddened the greater majority of Ecuadorians. To better confront the turmoil, President Moreno decreed a state of emergency. The army is now policing the streets and roads and removing the blockades and confronting the rioters. I trust that the protests will soon dwindle. At the time of the writing of the article, Wednesday, October 9th, they're still going on and especially strong in some areas. Ecuador, just as the next country, is not free of political turmoil and protests, sometimes violent ones. The right to protest does stem from our constitution and must be defended. What we cannot tolerate is the level, this level of disruption. Some of the key players in the protests have distanced themselves from the chaotic elements. The greater population has frowned upon. This is a start. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There, all the taxis are out today. We took a taxi today to the store um, and back without a problem. They didn't try to ask us extra money or anything. The buses were running. The buses came back today running, and now they're charging 40 cents to ride the bus instead of 30 cents. And they're charging the higher price until they can figure out they can if they can negotiate with the state or the city for extra subsidy or something, you know, they're trying to figure it out so they could go back to their uh, price of 30 cents to ride the bus. But in the meantime, it's going to be 40. So, I mean, you know, so a lot, it's for the little ladies who are on a pension, it might be a, a bit of a stretch, but overall it's probably going to be okay. But it's all a start, you know? So he says, we've come a long way. I trust and expect that we will continue to mature as a nation and the protests will dwindle soon. So I thought that was cool. And then he's just, you know, like if you have any questions and best regards, very, very cool. So I, I liked this explanation. It was very simple and maybe meant to make people not as afraid to be here or come here. Um, <laughs> I expect it's going to dwindle soon. Don't panic. You can still buy real estate here. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> It's crazy stuff, though. I mean, this this last eight days, I feel a lot better today because, well, obviously the guys left. Thank God. Thank God. Um, I'm really upset about what's going on with the indigenous people. Like, they have gotten very violent. 
I mean, I, I saw this video of these leaders showing up in these giant military trucks. Apparently, the indigenous populations here have their own military. Now, I wish that in the United States, the, the indigenous people had their own military because that stupid pipeline wouldn't have been even an issue. But, see, and that's, that's a difference between here and there. It's like, like the United States is like the indigenous people defend their land. They don't go to other people's land and wreak havoc. I don't think, if, if, if I'm wrong, write me and tell me because I, I don't remember any instances in which that happened. Even the American Indian Movement or AIM in which um, Leonard Peltier has been imprisoned, he wasn't even on his land at the time. He was in town buying some food or something. He was in the grocery store and he had proof. But um, some federal agents came onto the land and they started um, screaming and yelling and making a big fuss and then of course the natives got really mad and you know the Lakota Sioux I think it was the Lakota Sioux reservation they came onto the reservation land and they got shot and they got killed they're like this is our land get the hell off our land and they were given warnings and they refused to uh, acknowledge that they were not on public land and that they needed to go and they got shot well Leonard Peltier got put in prison for that and every single presidency, um, every single president has been asked to pardon him and release him from jail. And I believe he has cancer now. You know, he's really sick. He's a very old man. And this happened in the 1970s. He's still in jail. Um, I mean, if you murder someone, you only get put in jail for 25 years, right? And he's been in jail since like the 70s. And that's like, what, 50 freaking years? And he wasn't even there and he didn't even have the gun. Like the evidence was that he didn't do it. He wasn't even there. He had a grocery store receipt that was stamped about the time these people were murdered, like 20 miles away. But because he's a leader, they blamed him. You know, he's like, of course, we're going to defend our land. Obviously, it's our land. We have a right to defend it. But, the you know, so there's a lot of very unfair things in the native population in the U.S., but in all of the native um lands and reservations like Cherokee lands are not reservations they're just Cherokee lands they chose to uh, be removed and put on those lands but they chose their own land they, they're, they're no dummies <laughs> those, those original leaders of the Cherokee Nation they were very smart they picked really good land they have um, you know they picked hunting and fishing lands and they did the right thing you know, unfortunately, they had to be removed from where their home was for God knows how long, thousands of years, maybe. You know, but that was, you know, my grandpa grew up in Arkansas, Cherokee lands. Yeah, but um, anyway, but here the, I don't know why the leaders think it's okay. Now, I understand going to protest or march in front of the presidential palace. I understand maybe wanting to set up you know, like an encampment and, and just sit there for the next two or three months. But I don't get bringing your military in, kidnapping people, setting them on fire because they happen to be in law enforcement. This this part I don't get. And, and taking it out on every city in the country, what did we do? We did, we did absolutely nothing, you know. This guy made a decision on his own, the president. So it, it just absolutely boggles my mind and the only thing I could think is that they've been convinced somehow that what they're now doing is correct and I 
I see that there's a very real possibility of a civil war here. I hope to God not. Or there's a real possibility that the leaders of all the nations here will go to the president and they'll come together with some kind of an agreement. And then everything goes back to normal. And those people who set the police on fire and there's videos circulating, I hope they all go to jail forever. <laughs> you know, because murder, thou shalt not kill. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Not that the indigenous people are Christian. They're probably not. But still, I mean, it's like obvious, right? And still the me versus them, third dimensional mentality. And there's not a lot of intelligence that I'm seeing from the native communities here. And I don't know why. I really don't know why. I'd like to know why, but I'll figure it out someday. But um, they arrived at these military trucks and they're all carrying these sticks. And they're shaking the sticks at the people as they're coming into town and all the people are screaming and yelling and happy as hell to see him. 200,000 people. Military troops from the indigenous nations. Does that not boggle the mind? It sure boggles mind. I'm just like, whoa. Whoa, that exists here. Whoa. Crazy, crazy stuff. This world is just crazy, crazy, man. <laughs> it's nuts. All right. We are at 99 on the Ascension symptoms scale today. So I don't know about you guys, but I've had a lot of energy coming through. I had a few cosmic naps yesterday, today. Um, lots of tinnitus symptoms. Um, not as many hot and cold flashes as I was having, but a lot of like, um, tinnitus and one ear sometimes in both ears, but mostly in one ear, mostly, mostly my right ear. So we're being attuned, attuned and adjusted to raise our vibration up, which is cool. I have a lot of physical energy in spite of the fact that in the last two days, all I ate was a packet of peanuts for each day, trying to stretch our food out, thinking we might have to be stuck here for a week and a half in our house. And not knowing that food would come because the shelves were empty at the store. And thank God. I mean, the military flew in the food, delivered it to all the stores. We went and we got fresh vegetables and a mango tonight. Oh, my God. I was so grateful for that mango. You have no idea. And when I first walked into the store, um, Danny greeted me. He's one of the um, people that work in the store. He's a, he's a shaman actually very sweet, very intelligent person, speaks English and Spanish. And he told me, I, I started speaking to him in Spanish and he started speaking to me in English. I'm like, okay, we'll do English. That's cool. And so he says, um, I want you to know that first of all, he knew my kid. He goes, first of all, your son is an amazing person. He's such a good, he's such a good boy. And I'm like, yeah, I know he is. Thank you. And He's like, he's a good guy. I like him. He's, he's, uh, he's good people. I'm all thanks, you know? And then I'm like, yeah, I like him too. <laughs> I'll keep him, you know, that kind of thing, you know, just, uh, every mother loves to hear this, you know, that when your kid is behaving when he's not with you, everyone loves to hear that. Right. I mean, he's super mature for his age anyway, but so there's that. And then the second thing he was like, I want you to know that from this point forward, from today forward, everything in this store is going to be normal just like normal from now on. Which means no matter how long the road blockages occur, we're still going to have airplanes deliver all the food, 
all the supplies, life can be normal, everything's going to be okay as far as we're concerned. Oh my God, I, I can't even tell you how grateful I was to hear that. And when I uh, first pulled up in the taxi, there were three police came up on motorcycles wearing full riot gear. They didn't have their shields, but they had full riot gear on. And they um, had tear gas hanging off their belts. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, maybe they're just here to, you know, grab something to eat, you know. I wasn't going to pay any attention to it. And then... Then as we walked up to this to the front of the mall, there was like three other police officers standing there, like standing guard at the mall, just in case. And then these guys came and they weren't going inside the mall. They were standing guard. There were like six guards in, a, in addition to the two or three security guards in the mall, armed security guards. But of course, the police are armed. And then you go into the um, store, the grocery store, which is inside the mall. And then they have their own security people. I don't, I think maybe one of the security guards has a gun, but everyone else doesn't. But there's like two or three or four security guards. And there's a couple of people playing clothes, security guards, just making sure people don't steal. Just like typical, like every other store in the world. But it was like pretty creepy there. I was like, oh my God, I'm not used to seeing so many police in one place. And I didn't go downtown. And so I didn't get to see all that, but only on videos. I'm like, yeah, it's enough for me. I don't need to be. I have asthma. I don't, I don't need to be tear gassed, especially when I'm doing nothing wrong. I'd be like standing there filming it all, you know, I'm not going to scream and yell and throw rocks at the police. It's like, and oh, and that's everything. They have a uh, facial recognition software, the national police, as well as the local police. And so they have literally pictures of everybody's faces. And now the detectives are going through all of the pictures frame by frame of all the video that was sent immediately uploaded to the police and now they're going to arrest everybody that was uh, com- committing vandalism and um, who hurt other people by throwing rocks. <laughs> it's like crazy. It's like, did you guys not realize you're being watched 100% of the time? Completely ridiculous, right? Okay. Schumann Resonance today from DisclosureNews.at 42 hertz. That's what they're reporting. Today, the activity returned more significantly. Uh, the first significant variation was at 7:30, and then within a few hours, it reached to a maximum of 43 hertz, or 42 hertz, and the movements are continuing. So, all right, that's cool. We'll take it, right? <laughs> 42 is um, the beginning of the fifth dimension. So, let's see where the rest of the world is at. Um, Okay, so California started off at 105 hertz frequency, and they remained the same. Again, it's like four lines across the bottom, except for South Africa, which is like way off the charts again. So California was just at 105, and that's it. Now, um, let's see here. Uh, In um, Hofuf, Saudi Arabia, they start off at 103 Hertz frequency and they ended up at 104. So very close to California. In fact, at one o'clock in the morning, they were both at 104. So at midnight, um, Lithuania was at 136 Hertz frequency and they went to 138 
four hours later. Now, Alberta, Canada was at 170 hertz frequency at midnight, and they went to 166 by 4 a.m. And Northland, New Zealand started off at 68, so they were the lower one, you know, the lower frequency there. 68 hertz frequency, and they went to just 68 hertz frequency. That's it. They stayed exactly the same. So they probably didn't have as many ascension symptoms as people in the higher numbers. I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. But now in um, Hofuf, I mean, not Hofuf, Hulului, South Africa, they started off at midnight at 337 hertz frequency. And they went to 416 hertz frequency by 4 a.m. Now, again, these times aren't from those areas. I, I'm assuming that it's like California time or something. But at the same time, exactly, that's what was happening all around the world. In A Course in Miracles, ACIM.org, we are on what, lesson 123, uh, 122, 122, and it's a really good one, um, kind of appropriate for today. Um, in general, it's, it is a World Mental Health Day, and also just trying to forgive the people that are con- doing the riots and, you know... <laughs> The multinationals are obviously getting paid under the table to uh, wreak havoc in this country. It's pretty horrible. I think people will figure it out quickly, and I think we'll figure it out. I think everything's going to be okay soon. We'll see. Anyway, Lesson 122 states, Forgiveness offers everything I want. Forgiveness offers everything I want. What could you want that forgiveness cannot give? Do you want peace? Forgiveness offers it. Do you want happiness, a quiet mind, a certainty of purpose, and a sense of worth and beauty that transcends the world? Do you want care and safety and the warmth of sure protection always? Do you want a quietness that cannot be disturbed, a gentleness that can never be hurt? a deep abiding comfort and a rest so perfect it can never be upset. All this forgiveness offers you and more. It sparkles on your eyes as you awake and gives you joy with which to meet the day. It soothes your forehead while you sleep and rests upon your eyelids so you see no dreams of fear and evil, malice and attack. And when you wake again, it offers you another day of happiness and peace. All this forgiveness offers you and more. All right, I'm not going to go through the rest of the lesson, which is pretty long today, but very excellent. It says, forgiveness offers everything I want. Today, I have accepted this as true. Today, I have received the gifts of God. That's a really good, it's like a really powerful one, right? Perfect for today. When I come back after this message, I'm going to go over what does it take to have mental, good mental health right after these messages.
Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you. Happy World Mental Health Day, guys. <laughs> okay, the theme of the Mental Health Day for this year is uh, dealing with suicide and prevention of suicide, and that starts with the suicidal thoughts. But I'm not going to go into that today because not everybody has these feelings, although everybody has had these feelings maybe for a fleeting moment. Maybe it's five minutes out of your whole life, or maybe it's five minutes a day, right? So I wanted to let you know that there is a suicide prevention hotline that you can call. There's also a lot of mental health professionals available through apps, actually. And there's a lot of apps on the, um, obviously, probably the iStore as well as the Google Play Store for Android You can go find apps that will help you deal with insomnia and fear and anxiety. And if you just feel like you need someone to talk to. Some of the things I've found, there are therapists that are willing to work over the internet on Skype or just over the phone so you don't have to look at them and then have to look at you in case you're really shy. You can speak to people right from your cell phone for $30 and... If you're worried about a therapist calling the authorities, then get a therapist in a different country, you know? You know, like some people are afraid that what if you admit something and now they're going to call the authorities on you and oh my God, you know, (laughs) when all you want to do is have a conversation. But if you really are in dire straits and you do feel suicidal, then you need to know, A, you're not alone that a lot of other people go through the same thing and there's nothing to be ashamed about. B, it might be an imbalance in the minerals in your body. Maybe you're missing magnesium. Uh, Three, um, maybe you have an imbalance in your brain that can be corrected by medication on a temporary basis or by talking to a mental health professional. Um... Sometimes it helps just to talk to a stranger. You know, go on a bus ride to a different part of your city that you never go to and tell your problems to somebody who's willing to listen. You know, if it's really heavy, maybe don't dump it on a random stranger and especially don't dump it on your friends or your family because either A, they've heard it too much and they're not going to be sympathetic but and they're not mental health professionals, can't handle it. You know, so that's a possibility. But if you don't trust doctors or psychiatrists or mental health professionals, a lot of people don't. So you feel stuck. You can always go get this app and talk to someone in another country who's not going to make your life a living hell because you admitted some feelings that you had. Another thing you can do is this is one of my favorite things. You could dump all your troubles on your dog 
or a random dog, maybe a stray dog, or even the pigeons at the park. (laughs) You might look crazy for a minute, but it does help to talk about your feelings. Get a journal, write it out um, is another way. If you don't want to ever read it again, you could burn it right after you wrote it out. You can scream into a pillow. You could go in your car and roll the windows up and scream. You could go to the ocean and scream at the ocean because no one's going to hear you because it's too loud. Airports, same thing, although... Okay, no, don't do that at the airport. They'll probably call the authorities. (laughs) Don't do this at the airport. Uh, I hope hope I made you laugh. If you're feeling super low, you know, you could always find someone to talk to. Maybe even, honestly, like a life coach. They're not going to call the authorities on you. You could find a life coach that maybe has a different idea, you know, about maybe you're going about something all wrong or you don't have it right in your mind, you know. We all make mistakes from time to time, and I have had suicidal thoughts my whole life. But I told my kids I'm not going to kill myself, and I, and I, I at least not this year. <laughs> you know, maybe next year I'll say maybe not this year too. You know, maybe you'll say not this hour, not this moment, not not today. Maybe tomorrow. I'll wait 24 hours, and then 24 hours from now, so I'm going to wait another 24 hours and see what plays out. The thing is, what I've learned um, all the times I wanted to, and then like the next day or the next week, something really great happened. And it's like, oh man, look what I would have missed out on if I had done that. So I'm not going to dwell on this today for the episode, but I do want to mention this because this is a huge issue for a lot of people and you don't need to suffer in silence. You don't need to feel guilty or ashamed for having these feelings because a lot of people, if not everybody has had them at one time in their life, minimum. And some people have these thoughts a lot, you know, and there doesn't need to be a stigma or a shame about it. But I will tell you that if you do kill yourself, You go to your own personal hell and you get stuck there. You don't want to be there. It's worse. It's mental torture. And all of your worst memories come back again and again and again. And that might play out for a hundred years. And here where you're living right now, you're not going to probably live a hundred years. Let's be honest. Average lifespan is like, what, 78? So it's better not to have to come back here a hundred more lifetimes. It might suck worse. And it's better not to go to a place where you're going to live the equivalent of a couple lifetimes where it's definitely going to suck constantly. People in mental anguish that feel shame and guilt go to a hell of their own creation. And they don't realize that the the doorway to hell is always open and they won't know how to get out of it. You know, most people don't know how to get out of it for a long, 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 long time. Then eventually they do, but still, it's better not to commit suicide better not to kill yourself you know if you're suffering from something that's terrible you know and and I'll be honest with you in my lifetime I have been robbed I almost starved to death I have been homeless with kids in my car I have been um, told that I'm gonna die a slow horrible death because my health was so bad when I was in my 20s and I was hospitalized a couple times a year I was told I was going to die from what I had I had a very virulent strain of not only asthma that was severe but a very virulent strain of Epstein-Barr virus 
that I picked up on a military base. Turned out it was something that I think they gave to people in Iraq. Just to be honest, I don't have proof of that, but I have a feeling. There's a lot of people suffering from some crazy crap over there. (sighs) Hashtag pray for Iraq. But, um... I was told that I was going to die and there's nothing they could do about it and it's going to be very horrible. And I did try to take my life when I was so sick that I was on all kinds of medicine and I was not getting better. And I'd been on medicine for like two or three months and I wasn't getting better. And they kept giving me stronger and stronger and stronger stuff until they gave me um, AVT, which is one of the drugs they give to AIDS patients. And I do not have AIDS and I did not have AIDS, but I had um, such a weak immune system that every time I turned around, I was getting sick. It was very bad. Very, very bad back then. And I was in my 20s, and I wasn't eating right. I was a vegetarian, which I never should have been. I'd been a vegetarian for years, and I kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Weaker and weaker and weaker. Like, how the hell did that happen? It's weird, right? But um, my diet wasn't good. I need meat. And when I eat meat, I feel strong and healthy. Meat has omegas in it that other food doesn't have. And even jello, which is made from the connective tissue of animals, that has um, proteins in it that nothing else has. So if you eat jello or, or drink jello uh, tea, I, I make it hot and drink it. I don't wait till, till it gets cold and sets. Um, I just find it more comforting. It's like, <laughs> so I call hot jello tea. But, um, and I do it with the flavors, you know, it, it, the, there's stuff that's in the, the jello actually prevents the absorption of the sugar, which is pretty cool. So it makes it a fairly healthy snack. My, the color of my hair has come back since I tried it. And it also cures, uh, health issues such as, um, leaky gut syndrome, which is not as yucky as it sounds. It's just, um, when you get little holes in your small intestine and food particles can leak into your perineum and gives you bloating. So Jello is actually one of the cures for that gelatin. It's weird, but um, I've been through a hell of a lot in my life, and I told you guys yesterday some of the stuff that other people had assumed about me and, and things that have like randomly occurred in my life. You know, so I've had a lot of thoughts of oh, I just can't make it. You know, I just I'm, I can't go on. Not since I've had my kids though, because I want to live for them. So that gave me something to live for. Thank you, God. So if you do feel this need um, to talk to somebody, you know, trust humans, go talk to an animal. Go to the zoo. Talk to the animals at the zoo. I think bears can be pretty sympathetic, actually. Big brown grizzly bears or brown bears. They seem very interested in us. And, um, you know, go to, the, go to a, a fish museum. Talk to the fish. You know, go find a way to get it out. You know, and uh, but definitely look into the health, mental health professionals. Also, uh, if you don't eat cheese, because if you take an MAO inhibitor, that would be bad. And St. John's wort will increase your happiness factor, your serotonin. Eat chocolate, that increases endorphins. Um, you can have a cocoa powder without sugar in it and add stevia to it, and coconut oil. Because there's so many good benefits to eating coconut oil. You could change your diet around in a way that you will be mentally healthy. But if you have serious anxiety and that makes you feel like you want to die, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a program on, um, it's called uh, something about hip flexors, fix your hip flexors 
but look up hip flexors. If you release your psoas muscles, we have two of them, like or like one on each side of your body, it connects your um, torso to your legs. And this, because we sit a lot, this uh, muscle shortens and it creates anxiety in your body. And if you do, your, it's called unlock your hip flexors. Look it up. Just do a Google search. It's a, on clickbank.com. Eventually, I'm going to add it to my um, to my website. I haven't done it yet. But when you do this program, literally in 10 minutes, you do these exercises. It takes like 10 minutes. And it takes like an hour to like hear the explanation of uh, in everything. You, you could skip through it and go right to the exercises if you're like impatient like I am. But the first time I did it, all my anxiety went away in 10 minutes. All of it. And here I was attributing it to the PTSD that I've suffered and, you know, a lot of the things. And maybe because I, I was suicidal and angry in the past and maybe that created anxiety. No, sometimes, in fact, I think 50% of the time, it's because you need to unravel the muscles called the hip flexors or the psoas, P-S-O-A-S, muscle crazy stuff a lot of times it's just that you need magnesium and your brain is imbalanced so trust me when I tell you some of these thoughts and ideations it might be negative entities influencing you might be the negative people around you might be listening to CNN which is stands for constantly negative news no matter what they tell you that's what it really stands for <laughs> according to T.R. Becker um, so anyway if you are having these feelings um, you know, please go see somebody, see a hypnotherapist that might help. But most hypnotherapists are there for vocational, avocational self-improvement. That's what I was taught when I went to hypnotherapy school. So you're not able to really, I mean, you have to work with the psychologist, psychologist or psychiatrist or someone with like an um, LCSW or MSW degree in order to work with a hypnotherapist, but you still could. I did it. My very first patient was literally someone who was suicidal. I'm like, oh my God, I got the worst possible like problem on my very first client years ago, like 20 years ago. And I went to the, the um, head of the school and they're like, no, you, no, you can't. I'm like, no, I want to. And he's like, oh my God. All right. I'm going to monitor the situation. And I had a couple um, people that had degrees in psychology and their licenses, clinical psychology. And they were like helping me monitor, you know, to see my progress with this patient. And I had to work with a psychiatrist, but I got him better, but I helped him get through it and release a lot of stress and anxiety. And that actually helped him. But then he, I think he said, he's going to go to a fortune teller instead. It was ridiculous. I'm like, I could read your tarot cards, dude. Like, come on. (laughs) I mean, after that, he probably went to a tea leaf reader, but he didn't want to face some of his own issues, but he wasn't suicidal at the end of my, the sessions with me. So thank you God for that. So it can help for that as well. Also having low blood sugar that can put you in a panic mode. And then your mind goes down this little trail of breadcrumbs that leads you to these ideations. So I want you to think about, you know, eating correctly, but that's, my little blurb on suicidal thoughts and ideation, because if you really are there, I want you to get better. It's okay. 
a lot of us have been there. In fact, I think most of us have. You're not weird or strange or different in a way that you won't be loved anymore. And besides the fact that God loves you 100% of the time, no matter what you do, God even created the murderers and the mean people and the just straight up assholes, okay? Then God loves them all no matter what. The sun shines on you, whether you're suicidal or not, you're a bad person or not. And even if you think you're a bad person, chances are you're not. It's just the way it is. All right. But tonight I'm, I have written down 21 ways. And this is all out of my own head. Okay. <laughs> 21 ways to have good mental health. So we're going to go over this. Number one, just like what it said in the Course in Miracles lesson tonight, forgiveness. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you forgive yourself for everything you've ever done wrong, that is going to alleviate like almost all your stress. You have to forgive other people for what they've done to you. And you need to stop being a victim. You need to stop thinking of yourself as a victim. You know, like if you were molested or raped, sure, you were a victim in that moment, but now you're a survivor. You have to reframe how you see yourself. Okay. We've all been a victim of one thing or another or 10 things or another, you know, in our course of our lifetime. And the longer you live, the longer you give the world an opportunity to crap on you, but that doesn't make you a victim for life. It makes you a victim for five minutes or 10 minutes. However long that crappy circumstance happens. And then after that, you're still standing baby. So you're a survivor. So you need to forgive yourself for thinking of yourself as less than other people. You need to forgive yourself for, for thinking that you made a mistake and you need to be punished for it ever for it because we've all made mistakes, right? So you need to forgive yourself for all the bad decisions you've made. You need to forgive yourself for having picked people that were wrong for you, circumstances that were wrong for you. And you have to forgive other people for doing wrong to you. You might hate their guts to the bone, right? You hate them so much. You need to forgive them and stop hating them. Not for them, for you. Write an angry letter telling them how much you hate them. Write an angry letter about all the ways you wish you could kill them and then burn the letter. And you're going to feel better after this. I mean, really, for sure. You'll feel better. You know, um... Don't actually kill anybody, <laughs> obviously, but forgive people for doing crappy things to you. They're asleep. They're spiritually asleep. They're not aware of what they do. Jesus on the cross said, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. Whether you believe that story happened or not, it is a perfect example of how we should be for everything else. Now, if this did happen and this is true and this is what he truly said, can you imagine that situation where you're like brutalized for several days and you're hanging on a freaking cross with nails in your hand against a, a, a piece of wood and nails at your feet and you're bleeding from all kinds of places on your body where they beat you up and you know you're going to starve to death. And if someone is in that situation, they could forgive the people who did this to them and then find love in his heart for them. 
then certainly you or anyone else can, can, you know, now, I mean, a lot of people don't believe the story, you know, Muslims don't believe it. Not Muslim. And I don't want to believe that it happened, but I don't know. I think it did. And I think that maybe on some timelines it did not happen. And I think on some timelines it did, but who's to say it was thousands of years ago. I knew Jesus. I know he was a real person. I lived in that time. He called me little sister and he still does. Um, when I channel him, he still calls me that. And he's been conversating with me since I was a kid. I've had telepathy with him since I was a kid. And in those days I knew him, I actually went to spread his word, his message of love, peace, joy, and hope. And so I didn't see him die. So I don't know how he died. I don't know if I, if it's true or not, but if someone is in, is in that circumstance, even if it's just a fairy tale and this didn't really happen, that someone thought so deeply to write this down, if that really truly happened, what could anyone have done to you that would be so terrible that you could not forgive them? Not one thing. Not one thing. Again, does it mean you have to invite them to your dinner table or end your life ever again? And definitely turn them into the police if they did something truly horrible, right? So you can forgive other people and you can forgive yourself and you can forgive your life circumstances. I mean, there's certain things in my life that I've had to forgive. It was just my circumstance. You know, I had to forgive myself for picking asthma, you know, for almost dying a bunch of times and being in the hospital when I was younger. I haven't been in the hospital. Thank you, God, for many years, for decades, I've not been in the hospital. I've been healthier. And I'm grateful that I was able to get healthy and start looking into stuff, (laughs) what to do, right? So you can forgive yourself, you can forgive others, and you can forgive the circumstances, You know, if you're frustrated because you're a paraplegic and you're in a wheelchair for the rest of your life, you can forgive yourself for that or forgive the circumstances or the person who put you there. Or if you're born that way, forgive the circumstances because in your next life, you're going to be able to walk most likely. So just forgive the circumstances and keep going, keep rolling, (laughs) When I was in, I was in a wheelchair for six months and I was like, I don't know. This is how I roll. <laughs> I was always making jokes about it. You know, I forgave the circumstances. I was so angry about it. Like, I can't believe I broke my damn leg. Like, oh my God. But <laughs> relived that moment over and over and over again for like two years. Like just so angry about it. But I just forgave it. Okay. You know what? Whatever. It gives me a little bit of a limp sometimes when it starts to get inflamed and hurt. But you know what? Maybe that gives me character. <laughs> Maybe it gives me character. I don't know. I've, I've forgiven the circumstances. And now actually I walk pretty, most of the time, everything's good. You know, things do get better. Things always get better. So forgive everything, the circumstance, yourself, others. You know, if someone put you in the situation or even if it's a governmental organization that put you in the circumstance, just forgive the situation. Things will get better. And you will feel at peace, just like the lesson said tonight. Okay, number two, allow yourself to make mistakes. Allow for mistakes. Allow for other people to make mistakes. You are only human, right? You did not make your mistakes on purpose, and no one else made their mistakes on purpose. 
everybody that does make mistakes, they think at that moment, it's going to bring them relief, which will lead to happiness. Even people who murder other people believe in that moment. If that person dies, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to feel happy and I'm going to feel relief. It's bizarre, but when you think of it that way and you reframe it, it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) People don't do things to make themselves feel worse and to make other people feel worse. They do things because they think it's going to make them feel better. Whether it's bullying other people or belittling other people, they think it's going to lift themselves up to put someone else down. So those kind of mistakes, if you were that bully... Forgive yourself because in that moment you thought you were doing the best thing for yourself, right? And then you found out later that you didn't. So don't beat yourself up for the rest of your life because of something you did maybe in grade school or something, right? But um, again, if you were the one being bullied, I was the one being bullied more than I never bullied anyone else. Well, maybe a couple times, maybe my little brother, (laughs) you know, everyone has that circumstance one way or the other, or sometimes you were the bullier someday and, you know, but you have to forgive yourself and others and allow that you made mistakes. You're probably going to make more mistakes in your life. Even if it's financial mistakes or relationship mistakes, it doesn't matter what kind of mistakes it was. Maybe you made a mistake at work and you lost your job. I've been there. I've lost my job. I've lost so many jobs. In fact, there was a lady who lost more jobs than anyone else I've ever heard. And she wrote a book called Blown Sideways Through Life. It's literally a book about all the jobs that she lost because she just was not cut out to work for another person. And she became a comedian. She learned to love herself in spite of her mistakes. And she was able to forgive herself and all the bosses that fired her. And she wrote it in such a hilarious way. And then she did a stand-up comedy routine. It was freaking hilarious. I, I saw this like 25 years ago and it made me feel so much better about myself because I was so ashamed. Not only did I feel guilty, but I felt ashamed that I had ever been fired. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to tell anyone I got fired. I was like, oh, and then I saw that and I'm like, yeah, so what? You lost a job that wasn't right for you. It wasn't a good fit in the beginning. Oh, well, there's always other jobs. You could leave that one off your resume. You know, and, and I mean, even she had a job where she was a receptionist in a whorehouse in Nevada, you know, so allow yourself to make mistakes and allow for other people to make mistakes. No one makes a mistake on purpose to hurt your themselves or, you know, or you usually, you know, they think that what they're doing is right thing for themselves, right? Everyone thinks that. So allow for mistakes. Number three, admit your shortcomings. Don't dwell on them. Allow them to be seen and recognized and then forgive them all. And then make sure that you know it's okay to make mistakes. You're never going to set out and do mistakes again on purpose, right? So number three is kind of tied to number one and two. Just admit your shortcomings yourself. Admit it to others. Learn to laugh about it. (laughs) Yeah, I fell on the sidewalk. I freaking broke my leg. What a moron I was. I, I, it's like, I don't know how to walk suddenly out of nowhere. But you know what? It's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. Allow it. Be okay with it. <laughs> be a genuine human being and admit it. And be okay with it. Number four, admit your fabulousness. This is important. 
do dwell on how great you truly are. I want you to, when you're done with this podcast, list 25 things that you like about yourself, that you love about your personality, things you love about yourself. You know, admit your fabulousness. You know, just, I love my own hair or I love my, the shape of my body, or I love my mind. I'm intelligent, whatever it is, love yourself and freely admit and embrace, acknowledge and love your fabulousness because everybody has amazing things about them. Do you play the violin, bear the aim when you know, love that about yourself. Are you a good poker player? Could you have a great poker face? Love that about yourself. That probably gets you out of a lot of circumstances you don't want to be in. Love that about yourself. Are you a good singer? Or maybe you're proud of the fact that you don't sing on key and you can still do it anyway. Love that about yourself. Love every part of yourself. And, and learn, learn, because that's going to raise your vibration anyway. That's what's helping us get to the fifth dimension. All right. So, okay. The next one is, um, number five, list all of your accomplishments and achievements. You can even create a wall of fame. <laughs> you could put all of your diplomas and degrees and certificates, if you have them on the wall, or you can make you could get a template on the internet and make up certifications and degrees. And they could be the most ridiculous of things because every person on the planet has accomplishments, has achievements. Have you written one poem? That's an accomplishment. Have you written one song? That's accomplishment. Have you learned how to play the guitar or the piano? That's accomplishment. Have you learned how to potty train? You're not crapping your your diapers and you're an adult. You know what? One of the hardest things that we have to learn as human beings is how to get out of diapers. That's an accomplishment. You learned how to walk. You learned how to talk. That, those are all, it sounds ridiculous, but they're accomplishments. I mean, if you're 12 years old and you're listening to this, look at all you've been through. You've already graduated in kindergarten. (laughs) You know, you're about to graduate grade school. Right. And if you're an adult and you're 60 years old listening to this, have you already had a marriage? Did it last more than a year? That's an accomplishment. Do you have a career? Did you graduate university? Those are accomplishments. Did you learn how to hula hoop? My God, that's a hard skill. That's an accomplishment. Hula hooping. You could hula hoop your way to happiness. Trust me, even if you don't know how to hula hoop and you can't get to work, it is so freaking hilarious to try. You know, learning to laugh at yourself, that's an accomplishment. Setting personal boundaries, that's an accomplishment. So write everything down. Maybe make a list. And I got this suggestion from Bill Bartman. He is a billionaire no one's ever heard of. He used to be a friend of mine. I mean, technically, if I saw him tomorrow, he'd still be, we'd still be like super, you know, cool with each other. I mean, we just kind of lost touch because I think he started using a different email and I got divorced and stopped talking to everyone for a while. But he's one of the most amazing people I've ever met. Very sweet, very humble, very unassuming. You would never look at him and go, oh my God, he's a billionaire. You would never know. 
just a regular guy with a 12,000 square foot house in Oklahoma that he told me I'm, I'm welcome to go visit anytime. I met his wife. I've held his grandbaby. You know, I met his son-in-law. Just sweet people. Wonderful people. <laughs> and um, I got this information from him. He said, make a list of your accomplishments and type them up or write them down. Fold it up and keep it in your pocket or your purse or your backpack. And anytime you feel like crap about yourself, because see, he was suicidal when he was in high school. He felt really bad about himself. He felt bad about his family. He was ashamed to be who he was back then. And he had a very strong woman standing by him from high school on. That was his high school sweetheart. They're still married. He's an amazing person. So if you feel bad about yourself, you pull out your accomplishments and read them off. And why not? You can make up fake certificates. Make them with crayon if you want. Put them on your wall. You know, tape them to your wall. And every day you walk into your, your, wherever you have them, your kitchen, your office, your bedroom, even if you live in a studio apartment, tape them to the back of your door and you see your list of accomplishments. Make a wall of fame and, and read them before you go out the door every day. You deserve to feel good about who you are and about your accomplishments and everything you've achieved. Did you graduate from Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts? Did you earn one medal? <laughs> That's an accomplishment. Really, everything from grade school, from any time of your life. You know, last week, you know, did you finish a piece of art? Did you uh, finish a movie that you had, hadn't finished in a year? You know, you finally got to it on Netflix and you finally finished the end of it. You know, that's an accomplishment. I mean, it's like weird, but it's an accomplishment, right? So list all your achievements and accomplishments, even if they're small. You know, you learned how to get dressed. You learned how to brush your hair. What if you had a stroke and you learned how to talk again? That's freaking huge. My little cousin was 10 years old, fifth grade, had a stroke and had to learn how to talk and walk again. That was an, a, a massive accomplishment. Then he went into the Navy and got an honorable discharge. That is an accomplishment. There it is. You got your first job. That's an accomplishment. You know, so list everything. No matter how weird or little or seemingly insignificant, you know, if you went on a diet and you lost one pound, that is a first step in the right direction. And that's an accomplishment. Feel good about yourself and, and pat yourself on the back when, you know, you, you know, not constantly forever, you know, just don't break your arm patting yourself on the back, you know, but, but really do feel good about yourself. You deserve to feel good about the things that you are managing to accomplish. This world, everything seems to work against us, right? It's so freaking hard, you know, for, so anything you've been able to accomplish, gain a degree in university. Gain a high school diploma. If you didn't graduate, but you got your GED, that's huge. If you're an alcoholic and you stop drinking, that's an accomplishment. You know, I'm too lazy to drink. I just, you know, I'm too lazy to go out and I don't have the money. I want to earn the money to spend it on alcohol. So I, I, I'm too lazy to become an alcoholic. So I can't put it on my, on my list. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, anything that you've done, whether it's coming from something negative, gain out of a bad relationship, 
gain away from a narcissist, hug yourself right now, pat yourself on the back. That is a huge freaking accomplishment. All right. So number six, allow for playtime, create art, create music, go jump on a trampoline, go swing at the park, go down the slide like a little kid, go to the water park and go down the water slides. Go swim in the ocean, swim in, in a, in a hotel swimming pool, something, do something fun and amazing. Go with your friends. My, my friend told me, I'm going to send you $20 right now on PayPal. I want you to take this money and spend $6 on giving 10 strangers an ice cream. Because I, I told him that ice cream was 50 cents in the park in uh, Lima. I was in Lima, Peru at the time. He said, I wish I could be there, but take pictures and videos of, of your day as you do this. And I did. I sent him a bunch of pictures. And I got in trouble for giving away free ice cream because it was like, what the hell is your angle? What are you doing? What are you playing at? And the guy that came to me to ask me all these questions, the security came over. That It was ridiculously hilarious. He and I ended up being really good friends and he gave me free tickets to Green Day. Front freaking row for my kids and I. Free tickets to see Green Day in concert. Revolution Radio to our baby. Oh my God. God, I have a million pictures. Okay, not really a million, maybe like a hundred pictures on my Facebook. I was so freaking excited. I've seen Billy Joe multiple times just walking around Oakland, Berkeley, whatever. I, we kept running into him. I didn't know who he was, but I knew I liked him. I said hi to him a few times. But seeing him in concert after I realized who he was, oh my God. It was a dream come true. You know, I was like, wow. You know, so so my friend gives me $20 and I sprained my ankle and and the guy had to help me put ice pack. It was ridiculous. Then then an Italian friend bought me a little pack of cocaine. He's like, this will take a pain away. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. You went and did an illicit drug deal on my behalf because I'm in pain. You're like weird, but also super sweet. (laughs) Completely ridiculous. But just by giving free ice cream in the park to people. That was so fun. Now don't sprain your ankle, but you know, again, you know, I have problems walking sometimes, but allow yourself to play, make a sand castle at the beach, or, you know, do something, make sure that you have a mandatory mental health day every single week. At least every month, take a whole day, you know, whether it's on a Saturday or during the week, try to take a mental health day. A lot of jobs in the United States, at least allow for mental health days. I think throughout Europe as well, but even if you have to do it on the weekends, even if it's one hour, you know, go watch the mimes in the park. If you hate mimes, make fun of the mimes in the park. Take a bunch of pictures, make a bunch of funny memes about the mimes. Mime memes. (laughs) Okay. Number seven, hit the road, Jack. (laughs) Get out of town one time per month. Even if it's for a couple hours, take a drive to the countryside, pick apples, pick out your pumpkin. I mean, this is October. This is the harvest season in the United States, at least for these things. You know, go, go do a corn maze. 
go do something really strange or you know what actually haunted houses there's a lot of you know know, there's a lot of really crazy ones I don't I won't go the scarier ones but I go to little kid ones you know when my kids were little I used to take them to little haunted houses or little um you know Halloween there was like a little nursery rhyme and and the people dress up like the nursery rhyme characters and so it was like super fun there's a lot of fun stuff going on in October so hit the road Jack Go find something super fun to do. Go to somewhere that's new to you. You've never been there. And just have a great time, even if it's for like two hours a month. Okay. Now, this this next one, number eight, is super important. It's good for your brain. Um, also, going out of town and visiting other places is good for your brain. Learn a new skill. Add Duolingo. Learn a new language. Who the hell cares if you're not good at speaking it, but you know what? You're going to get good. Two to three months is what it takes to learn enough of a new language where you can visit that country, you know, or visit. Maybe you have a Portuguese uh, neighborhood somewhere near you. You want to learn Portuguese? Go visit the Portuguese people during Festa. One of the most coolest things I ever did with my kids I saw that there's a thing called Festa and it was $5 to get in and you get this amazing Portuguese food that I've never had before. And I ended up dancing the turkey dance with these people that I had never met before with my kids. And it was one of our happiest memories. That day was random and spontaneous, became one of our happiest memories. So even visiting a different part of town that you've never been to, that's new to you, seeing a different culture, even in your own city, that's excellent. That is one of the most amazing things you can do for your mind and yourself. Learn a new skill, whether it's learning a new language, learning, going to take a tap dancing class and you're 80 years old. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're still alive, you can learn something new. Take a course on Coursera. You know, do something. Maybe get a book, how to, how to build and fly a kite. You know, whatever it is that's going to be super fun for you learn a new skill learn how to make a piece of furniture or build a rocket you know build a little toy rocket send it to the damn moon alice have fun with it learn a new skill um number nine uh nurture all of your friendships that is one of the best things for mental health even if they're online friendships you know, if you're a shut in, you know, like because of your circumstance, even that way. Um, I have a friend, a good, uh, well, he's becoming a friend. Actually, he's, he's a fan of the show. Ricky, he is in um, physically not in the best of ways. I don't believe he can walk. He's, he's in bed or in a wheelchair most of the time. But you know what? He writes really beautiful poetry. A lot of his poems make me laugh and that brings joy to me. So no matter what your circumstance, you could still uh, nurture your friendships, your relationships with people, even online, because I talk to him every now and again. It's awesome. He's a good person. He lives in Hawaii, so I thought that was pretty cool. So, but nurture your, your friendships and your family members and, you know, and your, even your neighbors or even strangers you meet, just nurture like a smile you know give people a smile they will smile back that nurtures your soul okay number 10 volunteer to help others and those others could be furry friends furry critters volunteer at a an aquarium or a zoo or a pound if you're not allergic to dogs and cats 
or just, you know, volunteer at a soup kitchen once a month, maybe, or once every three or four months, even volunteer your time, read to blind people. You could even do that online. You could record yourself reading a book. A lot of blind uh, places where blind people are, they need that skill. They need that. They love that. Or conversely, you could help deaf people by transcribing things that are only in an auditory format. Deaf people need material to read because they can't hear it. There's a lot of ways that you can volunteer. And if you're an introvert like me, it's kind of hard to go out in the world to do it, but you can still do something to help others. Maybe going to your grandmother's house and, and fixing her uh, VCR or her microwave or, you know, just even someone you know. Go do something good for someone else. That makes you have better mental health because you're going to feel good about yourself. When you give of yourself to others, you get back tenfold, if not a hundred or a thousandfold. You're going to feel much better about yourself. Don't forget to breathe. Number 11 oxygen makes you feel good. That leads to good mental health. Number 12, join a gym or spa or even an exercise group on meetup.com. Do some sort of exercise. Just remember if you could do it with other people, there's an old saying in Ireland, to shorten a road. To shorten a road. Okay, I have a terrible Irish accent, but it's true. Go with a friend. You know, just even one person or a group, just go on a hike. You know, I have two friends in Arkansas. They live in two different cities, but I got them together. At least they met up once and they went on a hike and had a great day. They both listen to the show. You all know who you are, but too short in a road and go have fun and explore something cool and new together. You know, just taking a hike or even a slow walk around a garden. You know, Maybe there's like um, rose gardens where you live or Huntington um, Library has amazing gardens. Descanso Garden in LA, you know, some of my favorite places in the world. Some great memories from childhood from Huntington Library and Descanso Gardens. If you've never been there, go. If you're in LA, if you're in Southern California at all, go. One of the best places you could go. It's so relaxing. It's super chill. I mean, maybe smoke weed in the car and then go because it's, it's legal. <laughs> Seriously, you'll have a fun day. It's just, you had no idea. There's so many different kinds of roses. It's, it's ridiculous. So, okay, sleep on time. Number 13, go to sleep on time and take a nap in the afternoon. That actually increases your mental health. Gives your brain a chance to rest. Gives your mind a chance to vent out through venting dreams. Sleep is important. Number 14, sex. <laughs> with yourself or with others. Um... Not a lot of others, but, you know, maybe have a partner, friends with benefit, or maybe you already are married or you're in a relationship. Make sure you take the time for your sensuality to come out. And making love literally makes more love in your body, in your brain. It actually releases endorphins. It's excellent. It's an excellent way to relieve and alleviate anxiety and stress and bring about a more positive sense of well-balance, which will lead to better mental health. Meditate, mindfulness, even chanting, something that will connect you to 
your innermost you. Number, that's 15. Number 16, eat right, baby. <laughs> Listen to Dr. Berg on, on the YouTube uh, channel, Dr. Berg. He talks all about the best things for your body type if you need to lose weight. Also, he talks about nutrition and supplements and vitamins and minerals. This week, I'm going to do another episode about minerals. This time last week, I did vitamins. We're gonna, I think we're going to go over that tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to do that one tomorrow. All right, so respect yourself. Number 17, respect yourself. Yeah, that's right, baby. Respect yourself. Set up your health, healthy boundaries. Back in February, I did an episode on how to have healthy boundaries in romantic relationships. Set those up, baby. Learn to say no when you need to. Learn to be assertive. Take a class on assertiveness. I'm sure even online you can find something. Respect yourself and others will respect you. That will lead to better mental health. Have your own boundaries. Set them. Set alarms to go to bed on time. You know, set alarms to eat on time if you have uh, blood sugar issues or whatever. Number 18, cut out the nagos. <laughs> cut out the narcissists. And, the, and if you have any psychopaths or sociopaths in your life, you don't need to hang around these people. You can love them from a distance. Cut out the negativity. That includes constantly negative news, CNN or any news channel. Don't listen to constantly negative news. Now, I I know that that can affect you mentally. It could give you anxiety. Um, I know that even in my episodes the last week, I've been saying some things that are pretty sad, pretty terrifying and negative. It's something that I'm personally going through and I'm sharing it with you guys. But I'm also learning to put a spiritual perspective to it. And when you can learn to do that, when you do have, have the negative stuff, you could go, okay, look, I'm going to go to a higher level and look down on it versus seeing it direct or feeling like it's dragging me down. Raise yourself up, raise your vibration up, turn around and see it from a higher spiritual perspective. Okay. So cut out the negativity. Um, I'm going to try to be a little bit more positive in my podcast. I know yesterday was, Really, I mean, I was really going through it, but I'm being genuine and honest about what I'm going through and why sometimes the last few days my shows have been a little bit late and that's, that's why I'm not getting them out on time. I mean, yesterday was a really rough day, but today's better. The next day's always going to be better, right? Having a bad day, that means tomorrow is probably going to be a better day, <laughs> you know? And if it gets worse, that means the next day is going to be great, you know? Up, down, up, down. That's the way it is. The energy. <laughs> Until we can all be in the fifth dimension and we all have a great day all the time. That's what it's going to be. So cut out the negativity. Like the negative people that bring you down and tell you that you don't have the power to achieve your dreams. That's what I'm talking about though. When, when I say cut out the negos and the negativity. They say you can't do it. You can. Of course you can. If you have a desire in your heart, God's going to give you every power in every fiber of your being to get it accomplished. You know, God gave me um, an idea that I'm going to get a house here. Now I'm not sure. I mean, we're going to kind of not buy it. I don't have the money in this moment, but I will. It's coming very soon. And I feel like I'm going to have to wait, even if I have that money. 
I don't want to spend it until I see where these riots are going. <laughs> Visit Ecuador. It's a riot. Ah, even with the negativity, I'm finding a way to laugh. And I think you should too. Even in your negativity, try to find something and stop and cut out the negativity from your coming from yourself as well. It's something I'm still working on in me. Number 19, um, put everything into a spiritual perspective as I was just talking about. Uh, including the news, including your past, including how other people are. Oh, she's so negative. She's saying, I can't do it. Oh, wait a minute. Turn it around. Spiritual perspective. It's because she doesn't believe she can accomplish her dreams. That's why she's telling you, you can't. That's projection. People, they're negative and they think that you can't do it. It's a, they're afraid you're going to do it and leave them behind. They don't want to feel abandoned. So they're going to keep you down with them. Cause they don't know what else to do. Cause they're afraid, afraid to lose you. Put it in a spiritual perspective. If you could do that, that's going to increase your mental health. Number 20, educate yourself more, get a certificate or, or a diploma or go back and get a degree. Or what if it's just a quick little course for a couple weeks on Coursera, even if it's a Ted talk, or a documentary about spiritual things or about the law of attraction, something that's going to be a really positive, uplifting boost in your life. Okay. So Ted talks, I mean, seriously, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, some of them are eight minutes will change. It can change your life. So learn something, educate yourself, even if it's in a small span of, 10 minutes time. Okay. Number 21, allow yourself a fantasy life. Read the books that you love. Get like, remember how great reading was when you're a little kid. Find even when the books you read was a little kid, go back and read where the wild things are. I think I checked that out of the library 25 times a year. It was my favorite book, (laughs) you know, but, um, maybe do a LARPs role-playing games with other people. Maybe go to the Renaissance fair. If that's your bag, baby, (laughs) uh, read, um, books you like, watch movies you like, even cartoons that bring you joy. Uh, movies that bring you joy, worlds of the fairy, the supernatural or paranormal. And also allow yourself a fantasy life in the ideas of dare to dream your best life ever, but never, ever, ever, ever compare yourself right now where you are to right to where you want to be. Cause then you're going to think, so I'm not there and then beat yourself up about it. Don't go there. Once you have a dream No, it's on its way to you without a shadow of a doubt. Don't allow the doubt to creep in. Don't allow that shadow to come in. Keep a light on your dream at all times. Allow yourself a fantasy world. Allow yourself a fantasy life. Live magically if that's your thing. And without a doubt, all of your dreams are on their way to becoming true. I guarantee it. It is a law of attraction. What you think about, you bring about. If you can conceive it and believe it, you will achieve it. Very old adages. Thank you, Dennis Waitley. I love you so much. As soon as I got on the internet, I found his email. I wrote him and told him how much I loved him, how much he changed my life. He was thrilled to hear it. It was amazing. 
<laughs> you know, so why not? You know, actually write a letter to people. That would be another thing. Write a letter to people who have inspired you. Oh, and also, wait a minute. You know what I wrote? I didn't put down. Oh, yeah. Listen to your favorite podcast. That was the other thing for educate yourself. <laughs> if that's me, yay. And if you have another one, yay. Everything is alive. One of my favorite podcasts always inspires me and makes me laugh like crazy. And that's a good, it's just like a fantasy world where things come alive, like lampposts talk and <laughs> bars of soap talk and tell their experiences. It's a riot. It's hilarious. Maybe shouldn't use the word riot this week, but it, it'll make you laugh. Anyway, <laughs> whatever it's going to take in your life and in your world to achieve good mental health, do it. You're worth it. You are worthy. Love yourself. Accept yourself in every possible way. These are the things that are going to lead to a better mental health, a better life. And I wish that for you because I love you. I love each and every one of you. I worked very hard on loving everyone in the world, even the the bad people. They're just asleep. They're just spiritually not awake yet. That's all it is. Because when they wake up, they won't make those mistakes anymore. They'll be as equally as loving and great as you are. And that's just the way it is. So there you go. I'm still looking for your Santa Claus miracle stories, your Christmas Hanukkah Diwali miracle stories. I'm still looking for your ghost stories for metaphysical ghost speak coming up now in just a couple weeks, 20 days. Oh my God. <laughs> I love each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for in advance. I just got a donation from Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate you so much. And you know what? I love you too, Rebecca. Thank you so much. I want to say um, thank you to the people who are already starting to share with your Facebook groups, Instagram, spreading the word about the show. That is excellent. Don't forget to leave a nice review for me if you think I deserve it on iTunes. That's how I'm getting on the map with iTunes. And that's how we're getting out there more and more and more. Thank you guys. I see the results of it. And I'm so grateful to you. (laughs) Thank you for being on this Ascension journey with me. If we haven't met in this life, we've, we've known each other from heaven for sure. You know, you're my soul tribe and I'm so grateful to you. Hashtag soul tribe, hashtag soul family. It's how you find me on Twitter at mermaid girl, 888 Twitter and Instagram. That's it. We're running out of time, baby. I gotta go. So um, right now I'm signing off. (laughs) I'll be back tomorrow with all unique programming where you talk about minerals, (laughs) what the deficiencies cause and what too much of them cause and which ones are the best ones for you tomorrow. And don't forget to eat a piece of chocolate every now and again. That also increases your mental health. All right. (laughs) Signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys, peace out. Do you ever wish you could look into the next chapter in your book of life and see what's coming next? What does the universe have in store for you? 
I can help you with that. I will give you a Celtic cross reading, which is 10 cards, or you can ask me three questions, and I use three cards per question. So that's nine cards, or I can channel your higher guidance, or maybe God directly for you. Maybe you want to talk to your dear departed Aunt Edna because maybe you have a few questions and she was the smartest person you knew. If your deceased relatives are available or your ascended masters, I can channel them for you personally. Let me have one hour to show you the future in your next chapter of your book of life. Readings are $75 and it takes me an hour to an hour and a half to complete. And for this price, you will also be hooked up to the healing grid around the planet for free, which means yours truly, me, I will be giving you Reiki 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of your life. All you have to do is let me know. Metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com and we will explore your future together.